Ladies and gents, and welcome to another episode of Scores on the Doors. I would say it's Saturday morning, but it's not because of Thanksgiving this weekend. Uh, we've got some games on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, including some early kickoffs uh, on Friday for you lucky college football fans. Hello, uh, it's myself, uh, Nick Loff, and I'm here with uh, just one of our other hosts today. We've got Tristan Watkin. Hey guys, how you doing? And yeah, it's just Tristan and I today. Souk uh, Deeps is unavailable today. Um, so yeah, just... Uh, just the two just of us. Ta- tag team, just the two, yeah. In, play music. Actually, no, we have the, probably have the rights to play that music. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, Tristan and I will be tackling today's uh, results. Souk Deep has done them. Um, and I promise, we, yeah, we haven't got them, but I do promise that they will be in before... Uh, the first game plays tomorrow, not today, whichever, whenever you're listening to this. But um, yeah, our special guest today as well. We say special guest, of course, he's the most special of guests. Uh, it's Thanksgiving this weekend, so we thought we'd keep it in the family here at the Fourth and Inches uh, podcast network. And we'd get the man, the myth, the legend, the guy behind the face of Fourth and Inches, uh, Stuart Love, um, from the flagship show, from the whole fourth and inches brand he has been given us his scores um pre-recording um so yeah it'll be nick versus tristan versus sukdeep versus stewart this week stewart of course playing for team guests who lead the current prediction league narrowly over sukdeep than myself trailing a little bit behind in third and unfortunately tristan needs a bit of a catch-up he's definitely in four yeah so there's no better place to kick off than with the greatest team in college football history, my big red Nebraska Cornhuskers. And they are on the road at the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, in a Big Ten major clash um, on Friday, on uh, 6 p.m. UK time kickoff. What a treat. Um I'm going to defer to my friend Tristan here first <laughs> because he's going to obviously rain on my parade and I need to I need to have it more uplifting before we move on to the next game. Tristan, um, which way have you got this game going? I, I'm picking the Hawkeyes, unfortunately, for you, Nick. I just, from what I've seen of them this season, I just think they're a very, very good team. Um, they're a lot better than a lot of people expected and they've been playing some good football. Their Very run good. game is that not a, is that is that a stretch? Very good. Top twenty five team, Nick. You know Iowa. That's not a bad. Are they? Yeah, they're twenty fourth. Are they? So it's ranked, ranked Iowa, but I think it's going to be closer. I think from what I've, I know last weekend Nebraska's defense was non-existent. It was just it was a non-existent entity, but the week before against Penn State, it really showed up, and I. I think after 
what I can only describe as humiliation from Nebraska. And 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 you were sort of saying the same thing in our little fourth inches group chat. I don't think they let that happen two weeks in a row. I think Iowa, just being the slightly better team, will nudge it. But I've got this being a little bit of a lower scoring game and a little bit of a closer affair. I'm going to go 21-17 Iowa. I don't don't think it's a blowout in any sense of the, the word. I think the brass will keep it close. 21-17. So I'm reading, I mean, that hurt. Ouch, to start off with. Um, as, uh, yeah, Stuart, Stuart, I've just read his score. <laughs> Got 40, 49-20 to Iowa. I mean, this is his network, so I can't really say too much, but I mean, Stuart, I think Stuart wants to get Stuart wants to get on the recording before the end of the season, and um, if he keeps being so terribly mean to my my Cornhuskers, then um, that invite might get lost on WhatsApp. <laughs> Sorry, Stu, but um, there is no way in heck. Um, I am going to predict that Iowa Hawkeyes win because everything inside me tells me that I could never, ever do that. Um, Yeah, Nebraska last week were not good and it was painful to watch it sometimes. At some points, it's mainly the offence was frustrating because me personally, there's nothing against Luke McCaffrey, but I still believe in 2am. Adrian Martinez, what a nickname, by the way, 2am. Clock strikes at 2am. It's wicked. Um, yeah, I still believe Adrian Martinez is the best quarterback at Nebraska. And hopefully, I'd love to think he's back in there, but I don't know. I don't know. With McCaffrey, honestly, it really does feel like every single time he takes a snap, we're running the Wildcat. Um, that's what it feels like with Luke McCaffrey under centre. Um, great kid, but back to this game. How Iowa are ranked, I have no idea because they lost. I mean, North. Yes, they lost by a point to Northwestern, lost by four points to Badu. But I mean, they lost those games. That's the point. They were zero and two at the start of the season, and yeah, they've, 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 their offense has been very impressive since. Um, but Minnesota, Michigan State are terrible. Minnesota are, are not the same team as last year. And, and yeah, to be honest, now, no, they're not. So, in my opinion, Nebraska's maybe the toughest game they've had um, since since their two losses, personally. And Nebraska have got a point to prove, man. They've got a major point to prove in this game. Um, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not really checking in with how they've been working this week and what things they've been working on. But they, they don't want to get embarrassed again. And, yeah, that black shirt defence is going to come up and make plays. All I'm going. All I can say really is I'm going to go twenty-seven, twenty-four. It's not. I mean, like I'm not going to come in here and give a landslide win to Nebraska, but I'm not. I'm never ever going to go against my big red against any team in this conference unless it's uh, Ohio State, who are by far the best team in this conference in my opinion. So yeah, I'm going to go big red win. Have to, have to, and I can't wait to enjoy this on Friday afternoon. And obviously, I might be changing my my mind. By Friday night. Um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on swiftly to the number two team in the nation, Notre Dame, as they go to uh, North Carolina, who've 
crept back into the AP top 25. Um, forgive me, I'm not sure if they're in the college football playoff. They are in top 25. They are, okay. Because the Tar Heels are, are, are back looking good. Um, I'm, 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 I'm very impressed by Sam Hall. I think he's great. You know, this is the guy who could be the number one overall pick in next year's draft. Mm. But I, I can't, I can't go against Notre Dame purely because that they they faced a lot of different teams this season, both some of the best teams and some of the not so great teams. But they they faced a lot of different coaching styles, offenses, defenses, different packages that teams run and. They seem to have, have dealt with everything that's been thrown their way. And I think it'd be unfair to look at this game and think that this is the time that Notre Dame lose. I think it's unfair to maybe go against Notre Dame for the rest of the season because of what they've been capable of doing this season. Ian Book seems to be getting better by the game, is something that's fair to say. He's really kind of got into his groove. But as I said, UNC have put up Points has not been a problem. It's their defense that seems to be very, very leaky. You know, they've got a great receiver. Um, is it Diami Brown? Is it? Mm. He's the receiver, right? And they're running back. What's their running back? Gets loads of yards. Is it Carter? Not Carter. Williams, isn't it? Javon. Williams. Javon. Is it Javon yeah, Williams? Williams. That's him. Um, so it's going to be a high-scoring game. And I, I, I'm going to be that field goal guy again. I'm going to go 45-42 Notre Dame by a field goal. Yeah, I've not gone a million miles away from you. Like you say, I think UNC can put up points and they will put up points. And they just, they, they're explosive. And I, I know Notre Dame's defense has been pretty good this year, but I just, I think there's too many explosive plays in UNC. It's just how their offense is built. Um, I think what's going to be interesting in this is UNC do have that great running attack, but Notre Dame's run defense is stingy. They're allowing less than 100 yards a game, which in college is madness. Most teams allow 100 yards of rushing in total. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. Um, I think, like you, I think this will be a closer game than some think. Um, but I think it will be Notre Dame get out early and then UNC play catch up. I think, I don't think UNC will be close to winning the game until late because they'll catch up like they've done a few other games. I've got it 43-37 to Notre Dame. 43-37. And you know what? It's all gone a similar way because Stewart scores 34-31. He's also gone by a field goal. Um, I didn't know that before I looked at his, so now I'm thinking when we're trying to get those seven-point plays, if I'm going to get one, so is he uh, in this scoring prediction. So let's move swiftly on over the Pac-12, and it's uh, the battle for supremacy in... uh, in Oregon, between the Ducks and the Beavers, right? Oregon State yeah. Beavers? Yeah, yeah, Beavers. Um, which, you know what, I'm going to start with Stuart. And Stu has got the, the Ducks racking up 41 points, which is obviously a season record for them so far, if it's to be. Uh, winning 41 to 28. Uh do you concur with the team he's got to win in this game, Tristan? Absolutely. Um, I don't see Oregon State having a chance. Um, 
again, I don't trust it to be a high-scoring affair. I don't trust Oregon to rack up quite that many points. Uh, shows starting to show a little bit of like freshman pains a little bit. Um, the defense is a little banged up for the Ducks. They've got a few key players missing, so I think they'll be liable to some scores. But I don't think it will be, you know, too crazy. I think I haven't I haven't planned any of these scores. So I'm trying to think of them off the top of my head. I'm going to go with. Oh, me neither. I'm going to go with 27-14 to the Ducks. Um, mm-hmm. But did you see? I think it was last week. Oregon State's quarterback had a touchdown trifecta. He passed for a touchdown, touchdown. He caught a touchdown, and he also run rushed for a touchdown. I saw. No, it. love it. I love a little touchdown trifecta. <laughs> so they've got they've got the ability to do something on offense. There. Excuse me. Bless you. Bless me. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So yeah, no. I I I think I think Oregon could run away with it. I just don't see it. Like not quite now. I think Trove not quite there. I think this year he's doing enough to keep him undefeated and he'll do enough to keep him undefeated in the Pac-12 but I think this is a development year for him and I think it's in your future years is where you expect him to really start to take that rise. In fairness to Oregon State, they're obviously coming off the back of a win uh, and they, they didn't they didn't embarrass themselves whatsoever in their first two showings against Washington State and Washington, you know. 10.1 game, six points the other last by. Um, so they've been competitive in every game they've played so far. And I think it'd be a disservice to kind of say that, you know, now, yes, playing probably the best team they've played this season in Oregon and probably the best team they will play this season. You've got to throw in that little, uh, that little rivalry admission that, you know, because when it's a rivalry game, things go out the window a little bit, as we've seen with some other games mm-hmm. this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'd be you'd be daft to kind of, in my opinion, to go against the Ducks. But I, I've got Oregon State making it competitive, especially in the first half. And I think the Ducks and Tyler Shaw will just kind of see it out. I'm gonna go thirty-one twenty. Again, an 11-point loss does not embarrass Oregon State. Um, But we know who the stronger team is in in the state right now. So, swiftly moving on, off the back of uh, a huge win, possibly the win of the season for the fight in Illinois uh, against the stout, or what was stout, Nebraska defence, Ended up blowing, blowing this out of the water just a little bit. Their their prize for that win and going two and three on the season is a trip to face the Buckeyes and Justin Fields. Um, I'm going to just throw it out there. Um, oh no, it's at it's at Illinois. Mm. My bad. To me, it doesn't really matter. Um, In Champaign, yes, the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes did squeak the win against Maryland. Maryland in Indiana, who have proven, in my opinion, to be the second best team in the uh, the conference this season. But I think things will get back to relative, relative, uh, sort of comfort for for Fields and Co. I expect a lot better performance of uh, of him uh, against uh, 
the fight in Illinois, and yeah, I've got it. Uh, I've got it. That, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. You know, while Ohio State have kept things a bit competitive in some games, but I'm going to go 38-17 to 17, Ohio State. They've been rattled a little bit, but they'll come through this one quite comfy. I think Fields will have a point to prove. He'll want to show that last week was just a one-off, that it was a bit of a, a rough game against a good defence and he got rattled a little bit and the team didn't play great. And I think he'll want to show that. And I think Ohio State's offense will show out. I think they'll. I think they've got forty-five points. I think I still okay. think I still think their defense is a little bit suspect. I I know Wade had the pick and whatnot. They got blown in coverage a little bit. I know they were okay at stopping Indiana's run game, but mm-hmm. Indiana aren't a massively run-first team. And mm-hmm. I don't. And I I think. Yeah, Illinois will put up a few points. I don't think it'll be anything to write home about, but I think it'll be more than some people think. Uh, I've got it 45-24. I think 45-24. Okay. Um, Stu scores 44-17 to Ohio State. Um, So he's gone for the same amount of points as I have for Illinois and one point off what you've gone for uh, Ohio State so okay interesting keeping it uh, big 10 and I think I'm giving you the first official uh, uh, upset alert upset alert uh, <laughs> not from me personally from courtesy of Mr. Love um, Minnesota go to Wisconsin and this is this, this would be a heck of a result if this happens uh, he's um, got the Golden Gophers to win 38 to 13 I don't know how I thought to pick up on this before we started recording. This game's off. Oh! This game was called off for COVID, didn't it? There was all the talk. Do you know what? I think this might... Wisconsin can't get it together, can they? No. uh, Thank you for looking at that. They officially... Because I I saw they've officially been told they can't get to the Big Ten um, title game because they won't have played enough schedule, even if they play every other game after. Yes. So. Um, and I really wanted to see Minnesota win 38-13 at Wisconsin. Like Stu said, that would have been a cracker. <laughs> that <laughs> where's, been. This golden gophers been? where's this Golden Gophers been all this season? Um, I, think if the game got, we... I think if the game had gone ahead, Wisconsin would have won. I think they would have wanted a point to prove that Northwestern wasn't exactly them. Yeah, I couldn't have. I couldn't have looked after, uh, looked past the badges in this one. But we don't even have to. We get to move on to uh, ACC football, and this is one. This is one a bit close to home here because, as we know, Stu is a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and his college team is Pittsburgh, and they face your Clemson. Um, so <laughs> it only makes it fair. Lucky victim. So it only makes it fair for me to go first because I am on the on the. Um, fence about it but, but yeah I mean I'm going Trevor Lawrence is back and back properly um, I'm having a brain brain freeze here did, did, did he play for Clemson at the weekend no the game got, no the game got cancelled so yeah so against Florida State so yes I think because I couldn't remember why did we not talk about Trevor Lawrence in this like yeah that's why so Trevor Lawrence is back now um, and yeah, so that point to prove against Florida State, which never happened, has only wound up those Tigers for an extra week. 
So imagine that tail being turned and turned and turned and twisted and finally going to let it go off like Tigger. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, Pittsburgh is a decent side. They are, although some people have overrated Pittsburgh in the prediction leagues earlier this season. I won't name who, who had them to beat Notre Dame earlier this season, but of course, your, uh, your good friend Nick knows exactly who would win that game. Um, Clemson are going to bully Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh and it's not going to be nice. I'm I'm going to go 41 because I think Clemson are due putting up some big numbers against uh, a decent side. Which Pittsburgh a decent side. I'm not going to be unfair to them. You know, they've got they've got um decent quarterback. They've got that uh, their defensive stout, especially the D-line. They've got a guy, you know, Rashad Weaver and uh, there's another guy who gets a lot of sacks, Patrick Jones, I think it is. Yeah. They've got some good players off the edge, but yeah, uh, 44, 41. I love a good 17, but I'm going to not. I'm going to go 41, 41-16. I'm going to think they're going to get, maybe miss an, miss an extra point or something or maybe just get a few field goals, but 41-16. Tristan, go off. Um, similar points for Pitt than me there. I think Pitt will put up a few points. Pitt aren't terrible. They're not terrible. Um, they Yeah, solid defence. They're decent against the run. But again, Clemson, they've not played since that loss. That's going to be eaten at them. And Dabo is a master at motivating people and giving... And, and with people... With people like Urban Meyer saying they didn't deserve to be in the top four, giving them that chip on their shoulder. Dabo loves a little wind-up. He's, I've never seen a coach in college football use the media to motivate his guys quite like he does. And I just think Pitt, are going to be, Pitt would have been Florida State last week. The moment Clemson get out on the field, they're going to have a massive point to prove. And I know I'm saying that a lot. It seems that there's a lot of points to prove in college football this week. Um, but I think they go off. I think they get a big points haul. I think the defence plays well, um, 45-17. And I don't think at any point Clemson worry. I think the 17 points, the majority of that will come in the second half when Trevor's probably on the bench dancing around. DJ's probably playing him back up. And we're letting some of the youngsters get in. I think they go. I think they score quick and like, early and often is how I think it's going to go with Clemson. Just They're going to fly out in front. And then Pitt will come back in a little bit. But that's because backups will be in. I have a lot of faith in Clemson this week, and I think, I think, yeah, I think they want. I think there's going to be a lot of talk this week about them being ranked number three in the college football playoff poll above Ohio State. Hmm? They're yeah. number three. They're above Ohio State. Oh, oh, they are above. Ohio in State. the official CFP rankings, they're above Ohio State. So a lot of people are going to be talking this week about how they don't deserve to be there, and I think. Again, Dabu and the boys are going to prove why they do deserve to be there. And 45 Dabu and the boys. Dabu and the boys. Well, um, as much as I think he's a Pittsburgh fan, Stu, I think he's gone the same way as us. Been a bit kinder, though, to his, um, to his team. 30 to 14, he's got Clemson winning. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, right, six, six, well, actually five games down because we're on a cancellation of four to go, so we're past the midway point. Uh, let's go, let's go, let's go iron bowling. Um, the big one that everyone want to be watching this weekend, Auburn at Alabama. Uh, I'm going to start with Mr. Love. Stuart has got Alabama 
cruising away with it, forty-one to twenty. That's a pretty. That's a pretty good, pretty good score. Um, um, Alabama have got a point to prove this year because they lost this game last year. Mm. Um, without Tua, of course, but they're without Tua now. So I don't. I don't see a way that Bo Nix and um, Bonix and Co. can outdo them again this year. They're just more of a complete unit. And when they lost to her to injury, they kind of were like in a bit of a state of uncertainty. And now they don't have to her. At least they like it's they know that two is not even in the conversation and it's Mac Jones all the way. So there's there's nothing unstable about this Bama team at the moment. Offense, defense, you know, they might not be the best defense in, in football, but they're good. And I think of many better. Well, no, that's true. But I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm trying to say this team might not statistically be the best team on both sides of the ball. Like in the NFL, you know, if you look at, there's no team that are the best on both sides of the ball. It's impossible. Um, but they, either way, they're the most complete team in college football. Um, and yeah, I think, but I do think that it's a, it's a rivalry game. I don't like to blow teams out in rivalry games. So I'm going to go 42 to 27. Um, I think that's, that's fair. I think it'd be unfair on Auburn to think that they're going to struggle to put up any points because as I said, it's a rivalry game. These games tend to go end to end. What's your thoughts, Tristan? Um, again, I've not got the blowout either. Um, I think I think the key factor in this is going to be the the lack of Nick Saban on the sideline. I think that's going to be what keeps Auburn in it. But yeah. I think with Saban, I, I was saying I think I said this to you and so, you know, Why is Why is he not on the touchline? Just for anyone doesn't know this. It's COVID. Yep, he tested COVID. positive for COVID. Um, mm-hmm. So. But you never know, the last time he tested positive for COVID before a game, he suddenly appeared on the sideline because he had the negative test. So we won't find out really until Saturday whether that's a cert. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it will give Bama a little extra 10%. They, they will want to do, do it for Nick, who's not there. And, and I think that's what puts them over the edge. Auburn have been playing better the last few weeks. Bo Nix has found a way to get the ball to anyone who isn't Seth Williams, which is what was stopping him in the early part of the season. He was just getting the ball to Williams and the moment that was taken away, he looked lost. He's doing a better job of distributing the ball. They look a better team. But I don't think they can win this game. I think Bamor again, are a bit more of a complete team and I think they'll have a little bit of extra motivation. I've got Alabama winning this one 37 to 21. 37 to 21. Very nice. Right, well, from the potential future college football champions to the current college football champions, LSU, it has been not the season that the Tigers would have hoped for on the back of their championship season. Obviously, we've said many, many times how many players they've lost uh, to the draft. But still, three and three, losses to Missouri, a blowout to Auburn, lost to Mississippi State, squeezed by Arkansas. It doesn't help when they now face their toughest game of the season at Texas A&M. I, I'm, I'm 
No, I'm going to defer to you. You go first. LSU, Texas A&M, what have you got? I don't, don't, I don't like it. I don't like LSU's chances. I just don't. I think uh, Jimbo Fisher is a very good coach. He's getting this team going. LSU are allowing enough rushing yards a game, enough passing yards a game, and the likes of you know Spiller and, and we'll have good days. And they're de- defensively, AM are a little better. They're not great, but they're a little better than LSU. Offensively, they are fine. They just seem a lot more of a team that knows what they're good at, what they're bad at, plays within themselves like that. They're not trying to do anything they know they're not very capable of. Um, and I just, there's nothing about LSU that I like at the moment. There's nothing that mm-hmm. I can go, okay, that's something that LSU are good at. I don't think they're quite set at the quarterback um, position. Um, mm. I don't particularly like their running back situation. I don't think that's set. And yeah. I know Marshall's getting quite a few touchdowns this year as a receiver, but he's not he's not stacking yards for me. He's not a complete receiver. He's not stacking enough yards a game. He's mm-hmm. lethal in the red zone a little bit. I've um, looked at Marshall quite a bit this because I've seen him in a mock draft because obviously I'm a Giants, New York Giants fan, and I've, I'm hoping the Giants, with their second-round pick, look at picking up one of those receivers in the kind of ilk of a T Higgins, Michael Pittman, Chase Claypool. Mm. I'm hoping they get a guy like that. And Terrence Marshall is being predicted around that area. So I have been looking at Marshall. And the thing is, Marshall had an unbelievable game against Missouri. Like, unbelievable game. Yeah, another decent game against someone else. But apart from that, he's only had 100 yards twice, 100 plus yards twice in six games, which worries me. With no Jamar Chase as well. Yeah, that's what they're really lacking. They're lacking identity, and Jamal Chase was part of that offensive identity from last season. He would have probably carried over a little bit of that swag that LSU had. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with this one probably not being as close as anything. I'm going to go 35-14 to Texas A&M. Um, you'd have to go back to... Uh, sorry, back to 1995. Yeah, I was born. I was a month old. Uh, to find the time Auburn beat uh, LSU in in regular time, in regular, because they've only won one of the last, what is it, uh, eight, nine meetings or something like that since 1995, and that was back in 2018, and you know the game. It was one of the greatest games in college football history, the 74-72. How many was the overtimes, was there? Ooh, I can't remember off the top of my Was it four? But it was something like that, but it was a heck of a game. But other than that, LSU have won every single game they've played since 1995. Actually, to be fair, the, these nine get these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine have all been played since 2011. They've played every single year. Um, and obviously, LSU won 50 to seven last year with Joe Burrow and crew. They destroyed them. So I think I'm. I think this game is going to be a little bit closer than you think. Not close. I think this is going to be close heading to halftime. I'm, I'm going. To, I think Texas A&M might lead the game by at most a touchdown at halftime. But that's when Texas A&M will start to pull away a little bit, and. 
I think it'll be a closer game than this looks, but I'm going 38 to 24. Okay. I think it's going to be a two. I think I think LSU are going to kind of keep in it, and then all of a sudden, Texas A&M are going to kind of LSU are going to come out the ball and maybe turn it over, and down a touchdown, and Texas A&M are going to go up two touchdowns, and then we're going to trade off field goals slash touchdowns until we get to the end of the game where it's still a two touchdown game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't. I'm. I'm not. I just don't see if LSU get blown out in this game and this this. This is a really, really... It's, it's already a worrying sign for Ed Orgeron and co, but if they get blown out in this game, it's it's going from being the champions to being barely even average in your own conference. And that is, that's worrying. It's like Golden State when they uh, lost <laughs> Kevin Durant. Do you know what I mean? That kind of fall. Let's see what Stu got. What did Stu say? Yeah, Stu's... I'm intrigued by okay. Stu's scores because obviously Stu will admit himself he's not the biggest college football fan. He's not someone yeah, he who... Uh, and, and... It's very... That's true, but he's he's gone for the exact same score as you, but it's given Texas A&M an extra field goal. 41 to 24. No, I've... Sorry. Ah. I've given 24. He's given them an extra field goal compared to me. So he's yeah. got a 17, 17 point Texas A&M win. You've got 21. Not that much, you know, not that much. And I've got 14. I think we're all around the same page. It's not, yeah, it's not massively off, is it? No. Right. Let's bring this home. Two games left. Iowa State at Texas. Two ranked teams. <laughs> let you start Tristan oh. these are two teams that I don't know what I think about them like some weeks I watch them and go yeah I really like that team that, that's a good Texas team that's a good Iowa State team and then the next week I watch them and they're like how is this a good team how has anyone got these in ranking conversations they're just they're so up and down um, both of them you know Brock Purdy this year for Iowa State Hasn't done enough for me. Has not done enough for me at all. Um, too many picks, not enough touchdowns. Okay yardage, but not 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 game changing. Sam Ellinger, um, he has moments. He will have in big games. He has big moments there. He looks brilliant, and then he will have bad, just bad points. And again, I think this is a coin flip of a game. I think it's close. I don't, and and, and I know. Most people, if you look at predictions and you look at percentages according to things like ESPN's power index that they do, one team is overridingly the favourite. But I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think this game is. I think it's it's close, and I think, and again, I'm tempted to flip a coin to who I want to give the higher score to. I'm really not. I'm, I can't, I'm trying to, in my head, make a compelling argument for one of them to be the winner. And then I'm just mm. thinking, no, no, don't be silly. Um, mm. But I think I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Sam Ellinger in Texas to win it. I just think his experience mm. is what may see them over, see them over the edge. And yeah. I'm going to go Texas 37. Wow. And then I'm going to go Iowa State 34. 
Okay. So I'll, I'll let you know Stu's score. Twenty. He's got 28, 24 attacks. This is going to sound really weird coming out of my mouth, but this is one of the closest games. And my scoreline is relatively close. However, I couldn't be more certain of the winner. It sounds weird. Like, I know I have full faith. I like if I, I, I would answer it in a second who I think is going to win this game. But I don't think they'll win it by much, which is really weird because usually you'd be like, I don't know, Alabama, Kentucky last week. Oh, Alabama by loads. This is a decision I can make in a second. And the reason, the reason why I go for this team is just because I think I think there's something quite clutch about them. And to me, it's Texas. Um, I don't, I, I mean, I think we were talking about Texas, Oklahoma State. Was it Texas, Oklahoma State we were talking about? And we didn't decide who were going to win that. But it was just one of those games where, like, Texas are going to win that. It might not be pretty, but it doesn't matter if it goes to overtime. Texas are going to win that. And, I mean, if we look at their losses, they, they lost by two points uh, home at TCU, and that was a, that was a, that was stunned me. Losing to Oklahoma by eight points, again, is not a shock. They're a good team. They're not amazing, but they're a good team. And yet they haven't, like, blown anyone out apart from Utah which is fair, it's UTEP. But they just seem to be like that little bit better than the other teams they play. I don't know what it is. I can't, I can't tell you what it is. It doesn't really seem to have much rhyme or rhythm, but I like Ehrlinger. I think he's a, he's a, he's a sound quarterback. Um, you know, they haven't got an amazing run game or, rece- or receiver situation. They've got a guy off the edge who I love in Joseph Asai. He had an unbelievable game against Oklahoma State and very well could have, should have maybe been one of our stars of the week. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 a I'm a really confident 24-17, which does <laughs> not sound confident. But you'll you watch this game and come back at me next week and I'll explain to you why I was that confident. And please get at me for when I'm wrong, or for if I'm wrong. <laughs> All right, let's drive this one home with the final game. And yet, Kentucky at Florida. I already know what I've got to go for in this game because uh, after what I said about Kentucky trying to keep it a little bit competitive against Alabama to start with and getting absolutely obliterated, I have to now go big. And obviously, the Gators' offense is another powerhouse. Kyle Trask effortlessly can throw for over 300 yards. Uh, and three, four touchdowns. So I'm, uh, I'm going to write a, a big check and say 51 to seven, Florida. Um, I have to. I've got no choice but doing this because of what I said last week. Um, <laughs> I really don't. So yeah, I'm going huge. And do you know what? I'm going to jump to, I'm going to let you drive it home. So I'm going to give. Um, this over to Stu, and he's got 40 to 20. He's got the Wildcats putting up 20 points. 40 to 20, Florida. Tristan, finish us off for the day. What's your score prediction for this game? I don't quite have 
um, Kentucky get into that many points, but I'm not a million miles away. Um, what I saw last week against Vandy, bad, bad team. Um, Florida's defense can have moments where it looks like it's vulnerable to a few points, but mm. their offense is going to carry them through, and it always is going to carry them through. It's electric. It's you get these offenses in college football sometimes that are just fun to watch. You know, you had that Trevor Lawrence freshman year. That offense was great to watch. Johnny Manziel's A&M a few years back were dynamite to watch. Uh, Tua last year when he was playing, dynamite to watch. And I feel the same way about Kyle Trask from Florida. It's They are so much fun to watch. And they'll put up points. Kentucky. Kentucky yeah, just, they're not good enough to keep it close, but they'll get some points. I've got 45-17, I think. It's plenty. Nice. But I think Kentucky will get some points out of this. There we go. So, yeah, nine games again this week, of course. Uh, we had this fixture put in a couple of days ago, and obviously since it's been between Minnesota and Wisconsin, and now it's uh, postponed. So, yeah, nine games to get the scores in for. Um, you're going to have to nail some, Tristan, because you haven't got outside the box with too many. So you're going to have to just try and get as close to the score with as many as possible. I've, get those seven-point games in. I've played, I've played it a bit safe with what I'm officially predicting. There's some things in my gut and there's some that I was going to go miles away with and I decided, mm. Tristan, your gut feelings haven't been working out for you this year. Ignore I'd- them. I don't want to hear an explanation about any of them, but I want to hear you to give give me something right now. So you can at least have the credit of saying, this is what I, what I wanted to say. Give us one or two that you kind of wanted to to go for, but have gone safe with. Because we're giving you a chance to afford on the podcast next week to say, I did kind of say this. The Fighting Irish will get counterpunched and UNC will win that game. <laughs> I'm gonna have. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I was just sitting here having a. I was just sitting here having a good time, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> slap in the face with those two. Wow. Okay. Okay. Notre Dame are one of those teams that every year, when people think they look really good and that they're gonna go all the way, they lay a stinker somewhere. And that's I, true. I have a feeling that UNC could be their stinker, but Ian Book is surprising a lot of people this year, and I thought. Defense very good, and it, again got a feeling for me. And I thought gut hasn't served me well so far this season. So changing my mind and going right, play a bit safer. So you need to, you can't be losing these matchups on scores on the doors anymore. You need to start picking yeah. up some points. That's fair. That's fair. So right, well let's close it out, ladies and gents. Thanks very much for joining us. And and of course, actually for any of our. Um, friends over in the states or any statesiders over the, in the uk or anyone who celebrates it we hope you had a fantastic thanksgiving um yeah happy happy holidays happy holidays everyone enjoy enjoy a treat of some actual uk friendly friday college football kickoff times day thing um so yeah enjoy have a great time i'll be watching Iowa against Nebraska at a very friendly six o'clock UK time on Friday and praying and hoping that I can be uh, pulling off some extra points with uh, 
That's a big red win. But anyway, thanks, ladies and gents. Take care, and we'll Take see care, you uh, next week on. We'll see you next week on the podcast uh, on Tuesday. Bye bye. Bye guys. Thank you.